In today's show, we look back at Sunday in the NBA, the news, the performances, the injuries, whatever we need to talk about. It's all happening. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. First-time users, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we've got seven games on a Sunday, relatively busy Sunday, the end of week 14. We're going to talk about some news that we got. We're going to talk about all those games. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right, it's not a ton of news that doesn't relate to today's games. But we'll go through this. It looks like Chris Middleton's going to be back on Monday. I think he'll be back on limited minutes with his knee soreness. There's no nothing to preclude him from being out again in the future or sitting back-to-backs or being bad. But it's great news that he's back. It's also great news that Jonathan Isaac's back. Now, I've got a little bit more of an idea of what to expect from Middleton because he is a 32, 33-minute-a-night starter who's missed three or four weeks, not someone who's missed three years. But Jonathan Isaac looks like he's going to return what the hell we get out of him, I have no idea. I'm very skeptical about him being a must-roster 12-team league player, but we are going to find out, and we're going to find out how that impacts the entire Orlando Magic rotation over the coming weeks. But as announced by his pastor, he is returning fully healed, ready to go uh, three years after his torn ACL. So it's not, th- it's not three years. That's unfair. It's two and a half. So we'll see where, where he is and how that impacts everything with the Magic. Some bad news with Kevin Porter Jr. It looks like he's going to be out at least a week. So that means that KJ Martin is fully on the menu. So we're going with KJ Martin as a 12-team league player. In the short term, Tari Eason's value is not tied to Kevin Porter, really. It is tied to Jabari Smith. So if Smith is out, who is questionable for tomorrow, Smitty, we look at Eason as a 12-team league guy in that scenario. And Gobert is questionable. The other one that is questionable, and I don't know why I didn't put it on this list, Lamelo Ball is questionable. Now, that is much better than Cody Martin, who is doubtful, again. But Lamelo Ball is questionable. So I'm still holding Dennis Smith until we know that LaMelo Ball is playing. But as soon as Ball is in, Smith is a drop. It's pretty remarkable to watch that injury from LaMelo. See his ankle get bent back 90 degrees and him come back within like four days when his first two ankle injuries look nowhere near that serious. Had him out for like three or four weeks at a time. Pretty wild to see that happen. But it looks like maybe they're lying. They could very well be lying. This is the Hornets. They lie a lot. Maybe Ball is going to be back soon. And Gobert, remember they listed Gobert questionable on Wednesday and then Thursday and then Saturday? Well, he's questionable again for Monday. So we just keep going with the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed. He is going to be um, an option. I know he's stunk with foul trouble. If Gobert plays, I'm not interested in Reed really. But if Gobert is out, then we are still rolling with uh, Reed in that scenario. So there's a few injury update things that are important for us to look at, obviously, as we head into the games. And we might as well just get straight into the games because... There were seven of them, and that's not what we usually get on a Sunday. So let's go straight in, talk about the action there. The first one was the Clippers beating the Mavericks pretty handily 
in the end. This score, 112-98 in favor of the Clippers. And I know I say it a lot, but he's back. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> now, I thought Kawhi could be like a top 15 player per game this season. That was what my thought was, was understanding that you'd probably take him in round three. Um, and you've got to have some, some issues. But I expected that he would play 28 minutes, 25 minutes, opening night. And then by middle of November, he'd be playing 33. And he'd play 33 a night every night moving forward. And then, of course, we had the weird thing of him coming off the bench to start the season, and then the weird three-week absence due to knee discomfort, then the ankle sprain, which, of course, was entirely unpredictable heading into the year. But I also had no idea that we'd be getting 39 minutes a night of Kawhi, which is what we're getting now. He's flying. He's like a top 15 player now over the last week. He's inside the top 45 on a per-game basis for the season. It is coming up and up and up every, um, every game he plays. 39 three threes. He looks like Kawhi. And I didn't know. In the preseason, I didn't know what we would get. And then in the regular season, I thought, well, there is no way we are getting prime Kawhi back. But we all pretty much are, which is awesome. And for fantasy playoffs, I know his schedule is not great. But Jesus Christ, like this is great. This is really good. Paul George, 21-6. and six, Not his best night. And I think we can... Um, well, that's, that's not a bad night. Don't get me wrong. But it's not his best. I think we can very easily jack off Terrence Mann. Get that garbage out! Fantasy basketball is really, a lot of it is about taking flyers, taking chances, seeing what's happening, where are things moving. And we saw Terrence Mann move into the starting line, play 35 minutes a night, and be able to be a 13-4-4 and guy with 1.4 steals or 1.2 steals, 0.8 blocks on okay percentage. And go, you know what? That's actually really useful. But that's what I want to take a chance on. I can see the role. Ty Lue has come out and said, this is what we are going to do. So we do it. And now, two weeks later, we're not doing that. So we drop Terrence Mann. In hindsight, is it a, was it a bad decision to add Terrence Mann? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was. Like, but we, I, everything is judged on results. But I think process is more important than results. Now, like, the chances of Terrence Mann being able to stick as a thirty-minute-a-night player and be the hundred and tenth best guy for a prolonged stretch, they were there. And you don't get those opportunities to arise much in week twelve or week week thirteen. But he played eighteen minutes. He had seven points. He shot twenty-nine percent. And now the player they're going for almost that exact same role is Norman Powell. Now, Powell's not starting, but they're just putting him out there with the other wings and other forwards and seeing what happens. So was the, I believe the, the move to add man was right to see what happened. And now you move on. It's like adding Jalen Williams in week four or whatever it was, or adding Walker Kessler and seeing what happens, or adding Jalen Duran and seeing what happens. And those work out. And sometimes they don't. As for Norman Powell, 30 minutes, 19 points. You, uh, you know what I'm going to say. You know the Norman Powell story. Norman Powell needs minutes and shots because he doesn't do anything else. Well, 19 points, 30 minutes, 12 shots. He fit what you needed. Now, there's nothing else. No steals, no blocks, four rebounds, one assist. So if, say, when Luke Kennard comes back or when John Wall comes back, he plays 25 minutes, he's not worth it. But in 30 minutes, he possibly is. I'm, I want to see a bit more out of Rob Covington, not production-wise, because three, five, and six with two steals and a block is bloody brilliant. But I, I don't trust 21 minutes from Robert Covington. I th he probably should get those minutes, but I don't trust it because he hasn't been getting them. So how did he get them here? Well, Zubat's played 23 minutes, and War was out, and Canard was out. If he gets 23 a night, Covington, then he is a 12-team league player or a 12-team league option. But I'm not convinced of that. Batum had eight points, two blocks, two threes. That's what he is. Threes. Steals blocks, low usage, lowest points, low rebound. 
that's what he is. And that can help certain teams, but doesn't help everybody. Well, Marcus Morris, I don't think he's a 12-10 guy. 8-4-3, a triple zero, bad shooting. He's 167th this season. It's just, it's not worth it. I don't think in a 12-10 league. For the Mavericks, Doncic, 29-10. and 10. Not his best. 62 from the line hurts. 43 from the field hurts. But Tim Hardaway, like how how inconsistent is this bloke? He should turn 10% and he comes out and has 22 and 8 with five threes and two blocks. And you go, okay, that's awesome. And then just in case you're getting comfortable with him being good, he goes one of four from the line for 25%. He's always an option for points and threes. He's always an option, especially with Christian Wood out for extra shots. And he's never going to be a solid option in any other area. Dinwiddie was fine, 21-4-5, and five, but Dwight Powell only played 21 minutes despite no other center playing. So they just went small. Finney Smith and Bertans getting minutes. As for Finney Smith, he had eight points in 38 minutes. The steal and the block are nice. But he's more of a 14-teamer than a 12-team league player. While Bullock, who'd been playing well, we talked about him on the waiver wire show earlier today, he had zero points. Like, cool. Missed all four of his shots. Back to the old Bullock. Just look at him as a three-point streamer. Well, we've got 29 Josh Green minutes, which is good minutes. But the production tells us nothing. He is clearly in the rotation over Frank Nilakina and Jaden Hardy, who combined for 12 seconds. And Hardy got none of those 12 seconds. So a weird rotation, a weird situation with no wood, and no real clear winner. Apart from, yeah, a stream of Hardaway, maybe a stream of Bullock. But that's really about it. Nothing else that nothing else that gets us excited, I don't think. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's daily fantasy made easy. It is not daily fantasy with um, lineups and salary caps and going up against thousands of people. It's you versus player projections. That's it. So you might have a Norm Powell player points set at 14 and a half. And you go, oh, I think today he's going to actually do more than that. So you put that in. Or you go Kawhi Leonard, uh, more or less than four and a half assists. And you go, today feels like a Kawhi night, so let's go more. And you go between two to six of those into individual lineup. And you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. You can do those entries in over 30 US states. Most of Canada, and you can do it in under 60 seconds as well. But it's not just the NBA. You can do it for the NFL Championship Week next weekend. You can do it for college basketball, men's and women's. You can do it for NASCAR, for PGA, for boxing, for MMA, for esports, and of course, you can do it for disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 redos with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Second game. Pelicans and the Heat. The Heat win it. Weird stuff at the end of this game, but Miami gets out of it 100 to 96. The final score. Um... All right, let's go through this game here. For the um, Pelicans, no Ingram, no Zion, no Najee Marshall. The report is on Ingram is he practiced five on five. They have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, and they don't practice again until Thursday. So Jake Madison, host of Locked on Pals, is suggesting that maybe that we're looking at Saturday as a return for Ingram. That's a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday as well, so beware of that. But Saturday might be the return there for Ingram. Are we ready to do the Larry Nance dance? 26 minutes, 12, 7, and 4, 4 steals and a block on 71%. And you cannot disagree that that is a great fantasy line. He shared the court a little bit with Valanchunas. He actually played more minutes than Valanchunas. But you know, how much of this is because they had no one else with Marshall out? Because Nance's minutes prior to the last two games were terrible. Like We know that the value of Larry Nance is there. We know he can be a good fantasy player. It's just been so up or down. So do you chase this and add him? I'd be a bit skeptical, to be honest, with... Marshall and Ingram coming back. Like, I'd be more confident if Zion was back because I know how he worked with Zion. 
But it is hard to leave a player that can be that good on the waiver wire. Valanciunas, 25 minutes. He did his thing, 14 and 16, while Trey Murphy had 17 points with three steals. Just keep rolling with Trey, and we just make adjustments when players return. McCollum stunk, 13 points on 16 shot attempts. That's 31%. He didn't do much else there. He's actually in a really bit of a, a form slump. He's 148th over the last week, CJ. The shot just has not been falling for him. And we're seeing that reflected in the value. Well, um, Alvarado, he'd been putting up good numbers, and today he did not. Three points. One assist and no steals on 13%. That stinks. He's not a 12-team league player. He was a streamer, and it blew up in your face. It would have been better to stream Dyson Daniels, the dustbuster, who was good. 11, 6, and 7. Sorry, other way around. 11, 7, and 6. Two steals and a block on 57%. That's really, really good. I don't really have any faith in Daniels as to being a 12-team league guy as we move forward, even with Marshall out. But it's good to see him do it. I really do think he's going to be a useful fantasy player in the future. Maybe like an Otto Porter with more assists and, and maybe less scoring. Yeah, that's the sort of level I could see him getting to, which is super valuable. Maybe it's a Nick Batum. Maybe Nick Batum is his comp. Not prime Nick Batum, because that was a bloody good player, but maybe. I really like what Daniels is doing. Um, but I'm not adding him in 12 teams. But Herb Jones was good as well. 11-4. and four, I love the four assists, the two steals and a block. Just keep focusing on him as a steals and blocks guy. There is a little bit extra here because those three wings slash forwards are out, Ingram, Zion, and, and Marshall. Um... But yeah, there's value in him at the moment. For the Heat, we wanted to know what we could get out of Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we got the full arse here. 30 minutes, 17 points, three threes and four steals, 67% shooting. Let's go. At him. Enjoy it. Let's hope it continues. But what this also means is we drop Gabe Vincent, who had five points in 18 minutes. Back to the backup for Gabe. I'll see you later. Max Struess also played only 15 minutes and went scoreless. Obviously, he is he's rostered in tons of 12-team leagues. Him and Gabe, well, we can really jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! It was also good to see Victor Oladipo get some bigger minutes back. His last couple had been a little bit low, but he was able to get some back here. Played um, played the 33 minutes in this game, which, again, he's always encouraging. He wasn't particularly great in terms of volume, but 13 points, 5 assists, 3 steals, a block is really useful, and he should be on a 12-team roster. Gabe, uh, Gabe Martin, no, Caleb Martin didn't do much, 4 points there, while Hero had 26, 8, and 4 with 4 threes, and Adebayo had 18 and 9, and Butler had 18 and 4 with 5 steals. Just a lot of the same sort of stuff from those players, which is great to get you know, some consistency uh, from your players. You always love when you can rely upon what they're going to bring. Game three, the Raptors, 125, the Knicks, 116. And amazingly, only one player played 40 minutes in this game. It was on the Knicks side. The double royal, Julius Randle, played 37 minutes. If I, if I can't even find his sound drop. <laughs> 23 points, 19 rebounds, 8 assists. It's a good Randle line. There's no defensive stats. It was bad from the free throw line, but he was great from the field. He continues to play really well. Rowan Barrett, 41 minutes, 30 and 7, 5 assists, 4 triples. Great to get those threes from Barrett. Of course, he sucked from the free throw line as well. It is important to note that Emmanuel quickly didn't play in this game. So we've got 21 Ivan Fournier minutes. Cool. Quentin Grimes. Um, I know his minutes are good, but I think he can be jacked. Get that garbage out! Like he's turning into Contavious Caldwell-Pope, where it's totally okay if you want to have him. The role is there. The minutes are there. But what is he actually doing for you? Eight points, two threes, five rebounds, four assists. Like it's okay. Two threes is nice. Four assists is nice. But he's putridly low usage. No defensive stats here. 
Um, shot the ball poorly. There'll be nights when he shoots 60% and has 18 points on four shots. That seems mathematically impossible, but somehow he'd find a way. Or then he'll have a six assists game and a seven, seven steal game or something nonsense like that. But it's still like he's 165th over the last week. It's looking more 14 teams at the moment. Jericho Sims, 33 minutes. You just made the list. 10 and 7, a block, 100% shooting. He's not Mitch Robinson, but he's a good fill in. And they are clearly going to him over Hartenstein. And that's the way that we go in fantasy then. Also, Obi Toppin played 11 minutes, 14 points. That's great. Four threes is great, but he, they, they will not play him at center. I told you this with Thibodeau, that he just absolutely froths having a center out there. And they, even though you might think Toppin's one of their best seven players, that's actually debatable, but you might think he is. He's not going to give him minutes unless Julius Randle's off the court. They just don't play together really at all. And that keeps Toppin in a situation where he's going to play 10 minutes a night, 12 minutes a night, every night, unless Randle is out. That really is the only path to freedom. It, it just it's, it's disgusting, but it is. For the Raptors, their five-game week is over. Chris Boucher got dusted off. He'd been out of the rotation. He played 23 minutes for 14 and 7 with three steals. That's because OG Ananobi was out. We don't do anything with Boucher. I am interested in Achua, who played 36 minutes. Now, again, 12 and 11 looks pretty good, but it's not the greatest overall fantasy line. 8 of 10 from the line is pretty strong. No threes, one assist. Like he always seems to struggle in certain areas. But what I do feel now about Achua is that if Gary Trent is traded, if OG is traded, I think they will go with Achua as the starter. Not Coloco, not Thad Young. They will go, not Hernan Gomez. They will go with Achua. And that gives him appeal in a points league. Probably not as much in a category league because of his deficiencies. But this was a nice little run. They don't play until Wednesday, so I don't think he's a 12-team hold, even if OG is out. Fred Van Vliet, back again, 28 points, four threes, two steals. Barnsley, 19-7-6 with a steal and two blocks. That's a great game. He has really started to put it all back together, which is awesome. And Gaz Trent, 24 points, six threes, two steals and a block. Is there a bigger sell high in the NBA? I don't think so. I think it's Gaz. I think he's the biggest sell high going. If I could get any top 40 player, I would immediately do it for Gaza. He's bringing it in points. He's getting great threes. He's stealing the ball well. He's going to have a real cold stretch or he gets traded and plays 30 minutes a night and then the volume multipliers just aren't, they don't exist. That's a real risk with him as well. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports or betting on sports fun and easy. New customers. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanjul.com slash locked on. Fanjul has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Super Bowl odds are set. Four teams are left. The Chiefs are favored, followed by the Bengals. Marginally, marginally ahead of the Eagles. All those three teams are sitting there pretty tightly bunched, and the 49ers come behind that. But it is a wide-open race. Plus 240 for the Chiefs, down to plus 300 for the Niners. Anything is possible with those final four teams. So you can go and have a look at that. It's all on an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use as well. So sports fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanjul.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanjul, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Next game, the Grizzlies and the Suns ended up being pretty close. The Suns were miles ahead in this game. They ended up winning at 112-110 after a comeback by Memphis late. 
Jar played 37 minutes, 27, 5, and 8. Good percentage, which is good. Because he'd been a little bit off track with that. So that was a good game to get him back there. And I'm also encouraged to see Des Bain play 34 minutes. 24, 8, and 6. Didn't hit a 3, which is weird. But took the most shots on the team. Shout out to Dylan Brooks. Don't really see that often from Bain, which is awesome. Also, 6 of 6 on the line. Wasn't the best Jaron Jackson night, 23 minutes. He got into some foul trouble, and then they made a run when Zaya Williams was in there. So I wouldn't panic with Jaron. But eight points, two threes, three blocks. Even in a bad night, he gets it done. Well, as for Zaire, 26 minutes for him, 16 and five with three threes. He's been starting to play a little bit better, but he's still a long way away from relevance. And again, this is him taking those minutes from Jaron, not something that's going to be an every night thing. Um, Dylan Brooksy Brooks had 10 points, five rebounds, three assists. He hit two threes. The world. This man is the 204th ranked player this season. He's 306th over the last week, yet he's still rostered in just tons of leagues. What are we doing? Why are we rostering him? We've got 25 Tyus Jones minutes, 11 points, three threes. Again, just helping you if you are luxury stashing him, but that's the only way you can do it. While Brandon Clark, who I did say was pretty silly to be rostered as many, as many leagues as he is, 15 minutes, four points. He had six boards, he had a block. That's what you have him for, I'm guessing, but still. No, we don't need him. 10 and 16 for Steve Adams with two steals in 33 minutes. As for the Suns, Chris Ball's back. 38 minutes in his first game back from hip soreness. I can't work it out either. 22-6-11. Three steals, a block, three threes. Is that his best line of the year? It's got to be. Like, that's an amazing performance in your first game back. Bridges, also really good. 41 minutes for this man. 24-5-4, and four, a steal and a block. Unfortunately, he shot only 38%, but he's been much better. Well, Dario Saric, I wasn't even sure he was going to play in this game. Ended with 21 minutes, 14-8-4, two steals. Saric is playing better. Now, I don't want to look even sideways at him in a 10 or a 12-team league. I'd consider it in 16. Well, Tory Craig also, out of nowhere, 20 points in 32 minutes. Two steals, two blocks. I, I am not, I'm not doing it. I'm not reading into this and adding Tory Craig. It's one in a million. Before this game, he was 327th over the last week. So I just don't care. It was also a bad night from Cam Johnson. But importantly, he played 30 minutes and he started. Eight points, six rebounds, no other stats, 33% shooting. Shithouse, bad. Don't care. Must roster player. Has to be a must roster player. There was no Aiden, so Biombo started and played 16 minutes. Remember, he double-doubled last game and Landau barely played. So in this one, it was Landau with 12 and 5 in 23 minutes. Sorry, Jack Landau. Um, 20, 23 minutes for Landau. He is, it's really impossible to have any value in Biombo or Landau. They seem to alternate games or minutes and roles every game. And you can't really rely upon that while Aiden is out. And that's not going to be a long-term thing. I guess the Damian Lee and Saban Lee thing is done, as is Josh Okogie. And I'm pretty glad I said that on the waiver wire shows that do not get sucked in at all. With the Akogi thing, he had four points. Lee had two points in 14 minutes, and Lee played 10 minutes. So they were getting us by for a little bit, but Cam's back, Paul's back. You can piss those blokes all the way off if you do have them in any 12 or 14 or probably 16-team league, although Damien Lee might stay in a 16. Get that garbage out of here! Um, they're slowly getting healthy. It does feel like Booker is still a bit of a way away. I wouldn't be expecting Devin to be coming back before um, February. All-star break maybe for Booker? I don't know. It's it's not feeling great. Lucky he played four minutes in the Christmas game, though. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like they're taking it extra cautious, which, of course, they should have done the first time, but it does seem like we're a little bit away from him returning, which, again, gives that boost to Chris Paul. Eventually, when Landry Shamet plays, maybe he becomes useful. I've got no idea. When is he ever going to play? We'll get him back maybe at some point as well, and he'll be shit and shoot 30%, but at least he'll be getting some shots. So some interesting things coming for the Suns here down the pike as they start to get a little bit healthier, and that makes them a little bit more dangerous. Well, a lot more dangerous, in fact. 
The next game, the Oklahoma City Thunder. 101, the Nuggets 99. Yes, the Nuggets were missing someone pretty important, but the Thunder just keep doing it. 37 minutes for Shea, 34, 5, and 5. Brilliant. Giddy, 18 and 9. Good shooting. Unbelievable. The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams off the bench, but 25 minutes. His minutes do not matter whether he starts or comes off the bench. It does not matter. It's the same every game, basically. 11 points, 3 threes, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. A super strong 14-team league, uh, league player, Kenrich is. And the Bronco, Jalen Williams, shot bad. Terribly, in fact. 4 points on 17%. But 6 boards, a steal, a block. Still remains a 12-team league player. I think he's probably worth a hold with the two-game week coming up. But I also understand that if you are absolutely fiending for production now, then you can move on. I get that. I would like to hold, though. They started Mike Muscala. I, I don't know why, but they just keep rotating those guys through it and you can't get any value out of them. Well, Lou Dort showed us his bona fides as a category league player. Seven points on 23% with three rebounds and no defensive stats. This is why he's not a 12-team league guy. Isaiah Joe, not as good as what he had been. And he's definitely not a must-roster player in the slightest. But when he wants threes, there's not many other guys I want to go to. He only had eight, two, and two. It's not great, but he hit two threes, and he just does it all the time. He was putting up big numbers. Last couple of games, I think he had played 30 minutes a game before. That's not realistic. But as a three-point streamer, that's where his value is. Go ahead and drop him if you did add him for today in a 12 or 14-team league, though. For the Nuggets, they were without Big Chungus. Nikola Jokic, second consecutive game with a hamstring. It does appear that he will be back next game, but next game for Denver is a back-to-back. So we do have to worry that maybe he sits one of those if his hamstring is actually a problem, which it is. Zeke Naji filled in pretty admirably. 12 and 10, two threes, two blocks. I do like Naji as a player, but there's just not enough there long-term. While with um, Maga Porter also out for personal reasons, his uh, his brother was arrest, uh, arrested no, arrested um, after a fatal car crash. So we hope everything's okay with him and his brother and his family and obviously the family of the deceased. But that's why he wasn't playing. Um, so we had extra opportunities for guys like the shark, Bruce Brown. I haven't played the shark sound for a while. Let's do it. Baby shark, do, 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 do. 14 and 7, two threes, two steals. Just keep going with Bruce Brown. And Christian Brown played 22 minutes, 10 points, two blocks, six rebounds. Now Brown, the Christian variety, is not in the rotation every night. So don't get sucked in too much here. Aaron Gordon really stunk on your percentages. It's disgusting. 27% on 15 attempts is horrible. 46% on 13 attempts is atrocious. He had a double-double. Cool, shiny counting stats, two steals and a block. But that hurts. That could have lost you the game. Could have lost you a weekly matchup. So could have Bones if for some reason you were rostering him. Zero points in 11 minutes on 0-4 shooting. I, I like Bones as a player. The preseason hype for him was insane. It made no sense to me whatsoever. And you can very, very easily and without any remorse whatsoever, jack him off. The headmaster was good though. 38 minutes for Jamal Murray. 26, 5, and 9. Really good numbers. He's starting to look like himself, really. Big minutes, good scoring, good usage. He's really stepped it up of late. And, you know, I know I talked about Kawhi at the start of the show. Look, Jamal Murray, I saw someone tweet this today. I think it was Shane Young. And it didn't really hit home as much to me. But Jamal Murray had his ACL surgery three months before Kawhi Leonard. So we hold Kawhi to this crazy, like, man, he's trash, he's washed, he's never coming back. He's three months behind recovery timetable for Murray. And Murray's sort of just hitting his stride now. So while there's a lot of criticism of Kawhi, and I, I, I do understand why it is, so a lot of it is misplaced, he's still three months behind the time frame from where Murray was, which is pretty, pretty. I think, I think you'll find that interesting at least to intellectually conceptualize. There's a lot of words there, but just think about it, right? 
three months behind where Murray is. So does Kawhi have another level to go? I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about Kawhi. We're talking about the Nuggets and the Thunder. And the Thunder get a huge win here. I don't know how the Brooklyn Nets won this game. They were down big. They were obviously undermanned with no KD. And they somehow come back off Royce O'Neal hitting clutch shots. 120-116 against the Warriors with the Warriors at home. Things are going badly for the Warriors. Like, pretty badly. But the Nets, let's celebrate them first. Kyrie, 40 minutes. 38-7-9. Five threes. A fantastic performance. Really, he'd struggled a little bit in those first games when KD was out, but has really turned it on over the last, say, five quarters or so. And O'Neal also had an absolute stinker the other day. 16 points here, four threes, six rebounds, two blocks, 60%. Absolutely is worth having on a 12-team roster. Is he a must roster? Probably, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But what I am sure on is that the Joe Harris, Seth Curry, TJ Warren thing remains messy. I'm confident in saying that we can jack TJ Warren. Again, logic doesn't always work, right? We're trying to have logic in looking at this stuff, and TJ Warren's playing fewer minutes now and producing worse than when KD, the guy who ostensibly was in front of him in the rotation, is out. 11 minutes for Warren. There was some foul trouble here, but four points, 25%. He just can't do anything. Drop him. Seth Curry been okay in some games and had a triple one here with 12 points and four assists, but it's not quite enough to be a must roster. And same with Joe Harris, who's had some good games, but some bad ones, and today was a good one. 14 points, four threes, four rebounds, three assists. So the hierarchy, I think, here is still O'Neal. And then it's Harris, Curry. I probably have Curry ahead of Harris, but it's variable. But they're more streamers than must roster. Simmons had seven points in 29 minutes. He had 11 assists, continues to be frustrating, but you know, providing enough value that you can't drop him. And Claxton had 24 and 15. Is that three straight 20-point games for Nick Claxton? What? Somehow... Claxton had 15 free throw attempts. They hacked him quite a bit. 40% shooting, so that hurts a lot. But that's what got his usage up to 28, and it's what got him 24 points. Is that, you know, for a situation that hurts your free throws, but you knew that you're punting free throws with Claxton anyway. But he ended up hitting six of them. So that's six additional points that he probably wouldn't have got under normal circumstances. Had his three blocks there as well. Watanabe's also lost minutes. With Durant, Durant out, 10 points for him. Well, sorry, 10 minutes for him with two points. And obviously, we're not looking here at him as a 12-team league player. While Edmund Sumner got the ninth spot in the rotation ahead of Cam Thomas. Three points for Sumner in 12 minutes for the Warriors. They started Jordan Poole, but he played bench minutes. 29 minutes. I don't think he played all that well. 17-4-3, four, four steals and a block, three threes. He was a minus 13. It's a good fantasy line. Obviously, we love that he's starting from that perspective. But it wasn't the greatest line. But he wasn't the worst because Clay Thompson had 10 points on 17 shots, 24%. Didn't hit a three. No peripherals to speak of at all. And that's, look, he'd been playing really well. That stinks. Does it stink more than Andrew Wiggins, though, who had four, two, and one on 22%? No threes, no blocks. Wiggins is in a hole, a huge hole. He's a massive buy low, but I also think what he did to begin the season, where he was around top 50, top 40, just wasn't really based 100% in reality. The pendulum is swinging the other direction very hard and very fast, and it is a great opportunity to buy low. Kevon Looney looks like a really good rebound streamer, 14 and 10 for him, but I'm not looking at him as a 12-team league guy, but I am for the big ragu. Very interesting with basically a healthy team. There was no Andre, uh, Andre there was no Anthony Lamb as they're holding him, him out to get his 50 games two ways. He's got 12 games left, so they are holding him out. That's interesting. But DiVincenzo played 27. He had 13, 2 and 8 with four threes. That is 12-team worthy, but oh, let me let me put this out there. That's great, right? That's great to look at that. 11% usage 
a game that Lamb didn't play, 67% shooting, a few of those things don't all add together. I would definitely have Dante DiVincenzo in a 14-team league, and I've got no problem with trying him in a 12, but there's a big but here, that it's just not going to stick at this level. Steph had 26, 6, and 7, and Draymond had 9, 11, and 7. So about what you'd expect. Steph's numbers a little bit down shooting-wise, just 44% in this one. But the Warriors got some problems. Oh, but better talk about John Kaminga. Because, again, we can look at that and go, wow, 25 minutes, 20 points, let's go. I'm adding him, adding him. I don't think so. Three rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. I don't expect John Kaminga to be a 30 usage player who shoots 60%, which is exactly what happened to him today. Good. Good production, 20 points is great. The rest is rough. And it's completely like unrepeatable, I think, for Kaminga. Remains just a very deep league player. Do not get sucked in. Do not go and add him based on this performance would be what I would suggest. And the last game. The Lakers, on the road, beat the Blazers 121-112. Really good performance from LA. Shocking from Portland. I'll talk about Portland in a second, but let's talk about the Lakers. And I can't believe, I can't believe that we're doing it again. I thought he was dead. I thought he was gone. He was getting cooked every night. And now Tom Bryant comes out and plays 33 minutes, 31 and 14 with four threes. It is a very Thomas Bryant line. There's one assist. There's, it's a lot of points and rebounds on insane shooting. Don't get too sucked in. Add him, stream him, whatever. But also don't let the last four games, five games before this be erased from your mind completely. And also don't erase from your mind the fact that Anthony Davis might be four or five games away from returning. So if you did drop him, yeah, this sucks. Like It sucks, but you might not miss out on that much. And it was probably the right move at the time. And again, we talk about process over results. It was the right move, and it's probably not going to burn you, although this hurts. Obviously, obviously, we move on from old mate um, Wenyan Gabriel. Get that garbage out of here! Four points in 12 minutes. Dennis Schroeder, the roller coaster continues. 24, 6, and 8. That's ridiculously good. He's had two really good games in a row. He still, before today, was 216th out over the last week. Predicting when he's going to be good is impossible. But what I do know is that when Davis plays, he won't have as many shot opportunities, and then I will have nothing to do with him in 12s. Stream him in, use him short term, but that's it. Stinker from Westbrook, 6, 8, and 5. No defensive stats, no threes. 23 from the field. Just a really, really poor game. He is going to lose a lot when Davis returns, but. Not from this. Like, he's not going to lose from this. This is bad regardless. Troy Brown, 10 points, two steals, two threes. He's been a nice little three-point streamer with some defensive stats. Well, I better talk about the big fella. LeBron. LeBron James. 37, 11, and four, two blocks. He is really, really turning it on at the moment, putting up just gigantic numbers. If you ever wanted to sell high on LeBron, you'd do it here, three to four games before Davis returns because he's carrying a gigantic load. Wenyan Gabriel, we talked about already. I don't know why I said his name. Kendrick Nunn had five points, and that's like whatever the opposite of cool is. For the Blazers, I think one of my hot takes was in the start of the season. I put like a little Twitter thread. Again, but these are things that aren't going to happen, but hey, they're hot takes. Let's go. I said, I reckon Chauncey Billups is going to get fired. And they came out on fire. Yeah, they're real bad. Like, they're not actually very good at all. And I question a lot of stuff with their team. They are in a little bit of crisis, and I wonder how Billups responds. A lot of Unblazers watchers seem to think there might be something brewing in terms of lineup stuff, whether that's a trade or it's a change in that lineup. And if someone was going to move out of the lineup, it would be Josh the Hitman Hart. 33 minutes for Hart, 13, 10, and 7 with two steals and two threes, which seems weird because he's been quite poor in other games and then puts in a good performance here. But if someone is moving out, it's him. 
He's not staying in the starting lineup if they decide to make a change. His value had already started to tank hard and it wasn't going to get better when Winslow returned. Obviously, you're not dropping him after this game, but I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. Let's talk about the center position because even if you weren't ready to get hurt... No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. You got hurt. 16 minutes for Nurkic, two points. Cool. That's all pretty cool. He had four fouls, but he's also getting cooked by Tom Bryant. And if you hear the state statement, you're getting cooked by Tom Bryant. It's never a good sign. Now, Nurkic had been playing okay before this. This was just bad. And of course, with Nurkic out, the man that always appears on my waiver wire shows is, hey, maybe you guys in the 16-team leagues probably want to have a look at this guy. Drew Eubanks, 31 minutes, 6 and 11, 6 blocks, 75%. One of the best block streamers out there. He did it again. Good game from Simons, but again, but, big but. You look at it, and we love it. 39 minutes, 31.7 triples. That's all very good. Zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks, two assists. So you look at this. It is the perfect indicator for a sell high because, again, people get blinded by big scoring. He's not going to be a guy that takes 20 shots and shoots at 60%. He got no free throws. He gets nothing else. His value is only going to sustain high in the top 60, top 50, if Lillard is out. This was a very good shooting night on really good volume, which is not the norm at all. Jeremy Grant dropped off a little bit. 19 and 4, one steal, no blocks, 38%, 83 from the line. He's starting to come back into normal territory now, 63rd over the last week. I think he hovers in that 70 to 100 sort of range, maybe pushing towards the 80 zone versus the 70 zone. That's sort of where I see him because you know I've been pretty skeptical of the shooting. Um, Lillard had 24, 6 and 10, but just 29% from the field hurts a ton. And 85 from the line is pretty good. But there's some things that need to be worked out here. Gary Payton's not really doing enough. We're only looking at him in deep leagues in fantasy. Shaden Sharp offers actually nothing for fantasy. And he's a good athlete, but he's so far away from contributing to a winning team. Four points in 17 minutes for Sharp as well. And something needs to change. And I don't know if it will or what it is that needs to change exactly. But something that defense is becoming a real problem. And we're seeing that at the moment. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous is Kyrie Irving. Barely. Just got there. The waiver wire does go to um, Dennis Schroeder because he'd been dropped in quite a few leagues. Your young gun is Scotland Barnes and the dart of the night is Clay Thompson. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Kyrie, followed by the tank Tom Bryant. Then it was Chris Paul, LeBron James, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, Steph Curry, Dennis Schroeder, and Tory Craig. Top 10 players rostered under 50%. Schroeder at one. Extreme by all means. Don't count on it though. Tory Craig, eh, no, not interested in 12s. Maybe 14, but even then, not massively. Uh, Drew Eubanks, always look as a block streamer and a deeper league ad. Larry Nance, I guess we're doing the dance again. Dyson Daniels, not really in 12s or 14. Same with Sharich. But DiVincenzo is at least pushing into that discussion. Number eight was Joe Harris. Good points and threes guy, but I wouldn't commit myself to him. Um, Boucher, absolutely not. And Kenridge Williams is a solid 14-team league player. Your top 10 guys in points leagues. Kyrie, followed by LeBron, Randall, Chris Paul, Shea, Tom Bryant, Nick Claxton, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Luka Doncic. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you are here on YouTube, thumbs up. Leave your comments down below and subscribe. We're on our mission for 60K. It's looking dubious. I hope we can get there. I hope we can hit 60,000 before All-Star break. Let's get those subscriptions in, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.